there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one inspired page of Talmud every day. And in today's page, Sotah 27, we see another iteration of something that has been troubling me for a long, long time. Have a listen. And the priest shall stand the woman before the Lord and place the meal offering of memorial in her hands, indicating that if she is unable to stand up straight, or if she does not have hands with which to accept the offering, then she does not drink. She cannot partake in the sotah ceremony if she can't stand up or doesn't have hands. So too, if the husband were lame or without hands, he would not cause his wife to drink. Mar Bar Rav Ashi says, Just as a mute woman would not drink, as it is written, and the woman shall say, Amen, Amen, indicating that she must be able to speak. So too, if the husband were mute, he would not cause his wife to drink. This isn't the first iteration of the Talmud excluding those who can neither hear nor speak. Judaism's seminal prayer, after all, is the Shema, Hear, O Israel. And if you can't hear words of prayer or speak them yourself, argued the rabbis, Judaism's seminal rituals from reading the Torah onwards, well, they should leave you out. This has always struck me as deeply troubling. And earlier this week, at the live show of our other podcast, Unorthodox, in Deerfield, Illinois, I had the pleasure of meeting two remarkable Jews who are trying to do something about this injustice. They are Rabbis Sherry Chan and Jonah Rank, who run Hebrew Seminary, the country's only Jewish rabbinic seminary for both the hearing and the deaf. They talked to me and my co-hosts about how their institution came to be, about what is it like to say the Shema in American Sign Language, and what we can do to make sure deaf people find more opportunities for inclusion in Jewish communal life. Have a listen. Fifty years ago, there was a very, very, very handsome, may he rest in peace, rabbi, who was going to school at HUC. His name was Rabbi, or later, Rabbi Dr. Douglas Goldhamer. And when Rabbi Goldhamer heard of 12 Jewish families in the Chicagoland area, um, up until this point in time, 50 years ago, the deaf were not welcome into traditional congregations. The deaf are considered one of three classes of people that are exempt from the mitzvot because no one understood that they could understand. So Rabbi Goldhamer came out here to the Chicagoland area and they founded Congregation B'nai Shalom. At that point in time, most of the people were deaf or deaf family members. So time goes by, they have no money to support him, and so he starts signing on the news. The little guy in that box, that was Rabbi Goldhamer. And later on, B'nai Shalom grew, and someone came to him and said to him, so this is wonderful, you can do a B'nai Mitzvah for somebody who's deaf, you can communicate, but what happens when you're not here anymore? Then what happens? And a light bulb went off and he said, ah, Hebrew Seminary. And so the seminary was founded. I started out as... I was an early childhood teacher. Um, basically, my life changed around. I got cancer for the first time and came to this temple because Rabbi also 
did healing. And we prayed for people, and they said, well, can you write a curriculum? I said, I can do that. I'm an early childhood. I did admire very much whoever's in charge of the preschool. Really good job, I'm telling you. Beautiful. You know, as a daycare administrator, you guys got it going. I love the loft. Anyways, so he said, can you write a curriculum? I said, I know how to do that. So I stayed. And then they said, well, do you want to teach? I said, I teach kids for many, many years. I'm good at this. I can teach. And I stayed. And they said, well, do you want to be in charge of the religious school? Oh, of course I do. Anything to be close to rabbi and anybody who knew him. And then one High holiday, I, and, and I learned how to sign. I always wanted to learn how to sign. I wanted to. I thought it was just beautiful to watch. And I ended up in the hospital, and I was part of our signing choir, and because I had a neurological deficit. And only rabbi, he came to see me in the hospital. I swear, true story. You can call his wife, Peggy, if you want. And said to me, you know, prayed, and I said, all of a sudden I could talk again. I said, God wants me to be your assistant rabbi. He goes, you're absolutely right. Got out, made it for Yom Kippur. It was good. And I, five years later, I was graduated from Hebrew Seminary. And I became his assistant rabbi and his associate rabbi. And then a few years ago, when Rabbi started to get ill, um, I took over as first our executive director and standing back, and now I'm the dean of students. So anybody can become a rabbi at any time. I said cancer was my left-handed blessing from God. I got it when I was 40, and I was ordained when I was 50. And one would not have happened if the other hadn't happened. This is amazing. I, so I, I really want to, yeah, big round of applause. And that's Hebrew Seminary. I really want to um, kind of understand a little bit more, because for my you know, very casual acquaintance and study of, of Talmud, there are very specific uh, mentions, you know, of, 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 of people who are, who are deaf and uh, their, as you said, exemptions, but also kind of, to be perfectly honest, treated as, dare I say, second-class citizens in the, in the world of Jewish observance. How do you grapple with that? Because you're starting this institution and you're thinking about that. How do you grapple with it? One of um, our graduates who is a deaf woman, was in New York in 9-11, and as everything was coming around, down around her, had no idea what was going on because she was deaf. And she came and she actually was ordained. The story is that her parents knew they were Jewish, but nobody really taught them anything. They would drive to a shul on the high holidays, and they would park in front and sit there because they knew they were supposed to be by a shul. Not that they were allowed in, but they knew that's where they were supposed to be. So deafness in Judaism, I mean, so we do things a little different. You guys all know the Shema, right? When I grew up at a little congregation in Skokie, B'nai Amuna, it was Hero Israel. But when we sign it, it's pay attention, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Because it's not nice asking a deaf person to hear. So pay attention. But any, it adds so much sign language. Um, I've been actually teaching a class for the seminary on um, signing prayers. And Anne's my interpreter, helping work with um, some of our deaf. So we've ordained deaf and hard of hearing and the Hebrew Seminary is such a wonderful place that you will, 
You can't define any of its graduates by age, uh, color, um, hearing, non-hearing, disabilities. Everyone is always welcome, and we seem to find a way to make it all work. And Jonah's been wonderful coming into this new culture. You know, Rabbi Rank, it's like, sometimes we're not the easiest. And, you know, deaf culture is very different, ways of looking at certain things. And so it's coming and learning. What is prayer like? It works. What what is prayer like? So so those of us, uh, and and you've had an opportunity to sort of think about this from, from both sides now, but what are the differences or the kind of emotional currents that you sense that may be a little bit different when you're signing prayer as opposed to speaking it out? Um, I think I've, we've actually done a class, you know. I talk to God with my hands and my heart and my lips. So when you are all right, and just as a sign going, putting back on my teacher hat, if you, we never asked our children, um, we've been in for many, many, many children of all different abilities and over the years, and um, they have the option, we don't chant, we sign Torah portions. So any child that I've ever had Barbat Mitzvah for, they know what their Torah portion is about because they have to sign it also. So there's an understanding. Also, teaching ASL to a 12, 13-year-old who has ADHD is wonderful because they have something to do with their hands. Those are usually the best signers I've ever had, the kids that couldn't focus in and pay attention because their hands are going the whole time. So when you say baruch, uh, baruch, Praise, you know, it's like you're using your whole body, you know, praise ye the Lord to whom all praises do. Your whole body, your whole is part of what you're conveying. I mean, sign language is a beautiful, beautiful way of communicating. The hard part about sign language, much like Hebrew, is that one sign can mean very, 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 very different things, and you have to be very careful with your hands. Uh, one of my favorite stories the rabbi taught is um, he bought mitzvah Marley Maitland, and Marley came up to him after one service and said to him, why do you keep saying, the Lord, our bitch, <laughs> God, Bitch, you have to be really, really careful where Wait, you put you your again? hands. Wait, what was that? What's the difference? So this is God. You're bringing God down. Everybody, come on. You can do this. God. This is bitch. <laughs> you don't want to do that one, especially on the Bema. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and get your Take One t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. 
Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Risquet, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, Mark Oppenheimer, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one. Subscribe to our newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter or email us at take one at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. Thank you.